We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the August 2nd episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Draft.com. James Coe is with me today. Um, if you're a fantasy football fan, you know James and um, you, you, you like his stuff. And we're going to chat. James, I want to talk about old, boring guys today. <laughs> what a sell. Well, you know, it was funny. I, I talked with – yesterday, I was talking with Scott Pianowski from Yahoo Sports. And Scott right. said he liked – whether no matter what sport, he said, I kind of have this, this way of building teams. He said, you know, boring and steady is – you know, every, everybody likes the new thing. People want to go, ooh, Sony Michelle or ooh, Royce Freeman. Oh, that's the right. – oh, man, that guy's going to break out. And sometimes – you know, the, the, the boring and, and tried and true is, is a good way to go, and it winds up costing you less a lot, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. Uh, I, and there's certainly a lot to that. I'm, I'm somebody who likes to swing for the fences um, early on in my drafts, and there will be guys that I, I try to target. Um, like, for example, I'm, I'm higher than damn near most everybody on Deshaun Watson, 
Um, and I might target him, you know, in a fantasy football draft in, in the fifth or sixth round of a 12 team league. And people might say, oh, man, that's that's a high price to pay. And, yeah, that's probably true. But on the back end, you know, we're talking rounds eight, nine, ten. Um, there are certain guys like Larry Fitzgerald, for example, that I would like to bring a lot of stability uh, to my roster as well. So and yeah, you're right. You generally find stability with seasoned veteran players uh, that for whatever reason are coming at a discount. All right. Well, the first guy, he, he might be the oldest and the most boring. <laughs> Adam Gase, head coach of the Dolphins, said this week that Frank Gore, quote, doesn't look different than he did 10 years ago. <laughs> every year we want to replace Frank Gore with somebody. Yeah. And every year Frank Gore is a thorn in our side. Now, he's not always a thorn because sometimes he's actually productive. And if you own him, it's yeah. great. But he's at the point now. He's 35 years old. Um, the last few years, you know, under four yards a carry, even though he had nine, actually from scrimmage last year, he was over 1200 yards, but you know, you know, I'll give you a stat that's just mind blowing, but for 12 consecutive seasons, Frank Gore has had at least 1200 scrimmage yards (laughs) at the running back position to see that level of productivity. Now I get it. The efficiency obviously has, has fallen off quite a bit. But man, this guy for 12 consecutive seasons at the running back position has given you 1,200 scrimmage yards or more, which is just incredible. Yep, he really is. Now, this year, every, every year you say, this is the year I can't, do, I can't go with Frank Gore anymore. And you probably can't, but does Frank Gore's presence, and I'm just going to look for real quick for Frank Gore's ADP, which is just, just off the charts low. Right. Um, you can get him for free, basically. But if you are considering Kenyon Drake, do you sit there? I mean, do you say, nah, Frank Gore is probably done? Or do you go, oh, man, Frank Gore is just th- – Frank Gore makes it not worth it for me to draft Kenyon Drake in round four. <laughs> you know what's funny? I think more people are, are worried about Kalen Balage yep. there in South Beach than they are about Frank Gore. But – um, to, I think to answer your question, so no, I'm not drafting Frank Gore. I'm not worried about Frank Gore. I think he will be, he'll be one of those guys that, that does get carries. Um, and certainly there's going to be vulture opportunities for Frank Gore as well. But if Adam Gase, if Adam Gase is going to try to run out Frank Gore as a starting running back, he will be fired by week four. There's just <laughs> no way. I mean, right. it would be such a nonsensical, just out of left field move to do that. Um, I mean, and, and the reports are, too, that he's pretty close to losing this locker room as well. So I think he's on thin ice, man. Um, you know, it wasn't it hasn't been a healthy culture there for for a while. I mean, this is predating Adam Gase, obviously. Um, but, you know, Jarvis Landry wasn't happy with his role uh, there on the team. You know, we, we know about Ajayi as well. So I'm a little curious to see what Adam Gase kind of does to, to raise the morale. I'll tell you what, man, playing Frank Gore over Kenyon Drake, given what Kenyon Drake did on the back end of last season, that would just be insanity. Um, so, no, I'm not worried about it. As for Kenyon Drake, I mean, the advanced stats for Kenyon Drake are all there. Um, And he was an absolute stud last year. Um, Look, if anyone follows my work, I I did a lot of next-gen stats work uh, Mm -hmm. for the NFL last year. Um, I don't think there was anybody who wrote more about next-gen stats, quite honestly. But Kenyon Drake, you talk about 
an efficiency measure called yards gained after close. And this is basically when a defender comes to within one yard uh, of, a, of a ball carrier. Kenyon Drake was one of the best in the NFL, one of the absolute best in the NFL, 4.55 yards. This is after a defender got to within one yard. So within tackling distance, he gained four and a half yards. That is incredible. Yep. That's an incredible number. Um, that's your extra gear, right? I'm if, sorry? If that's what people, that's the proverbial extra gear right there. Yes, absolutely. And elusiveness as well. You know, I think we saw some of that in college, but he never got that featured role. But once he did for Miami, he was just off and running. So, yeah, I'm super excited about Kenyon Drake. And the specter of Frank Gore, the specter of Kalen Balage has certainly reduced Kenyon Drake's draft stock. Um, and where he's going right now in drafts, I'm buying all day long. I think you can get him in the fifth round. So, uh, in a, in a 12 team league. So, um, that, that's a terrific price for a terrific talent. Yeah. I'm looking at the, the ADPs I'm looking at. Usually the one I use is MFL, not MFL 10, which is a best ball, but MFL. And I see Drake at 55 and at the 21st running back spot. So that's fifth round that is behind guys like. Behind all those pretty new rookies like Darius Geis and Rashad right. Penny and Sony Michelle. So, right. yep. All right, um, folks, check us out on Twitter. James is at James D. Coke. That's K-O-H. I'm at Hoppin 37 You can also tweet us at Rotowire. Get player updates at Rotowire NFL. And you can always find us on Facebook. Okay, so more of the old guys. Um, some of the old guys are better than others. They are not all Frank Gore type old guys. Some are actually, you know, we think they're going to be pretty productive <laughs> this year. And um, right. we'll just talk about maybe where you draft them, where you'd rank them, all that stuff. Quarterback, we still have some pretty strong guys. The first I want to talk about is Drew Brees. He's ranked the highest of all of the quarterbacks. I'm not, by the way, we could have talked about quarterbacks all day. Brady and Rodgers are their own thing, and we're going to leave yeah. them up near the elite. So we're not really going to talk about that today. Drew Brees is interesting because last year he was very efficient, but the Saints with their new identity threw a lot less. And, and I still feel like I hear Drew Brees talked about as an elite fantasy quarterback, but do you think he is anymore? I don't know if necessarily know if he's elite. Um, I think he's obviously still a terrific player and extremely efficient uh, with the throws that he has. But, I mean, if you look at Drew Brees last year, he, he ranked ninth in terms of attempts. So he had 536 attempts last year, which mm-hmm. was, you know, one of the lowest um, amount. So the volume of throws that he had was some of the lowest uh, that we've seen in his career. So, um yeah, I mean, just the volume's just not there like it was in years past. Now that could potentially change, but um, I, I would I would bet that it doesn't. As a matter of fact, I look here at Drew Brees' stat line, right? So like 536 pass attempts for Drew Brees—that was literally the lowest that he saw in 10 years, right? So, right. Uh, and the game has changed a lot. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot more passes or whatever it might be, but. I don't see him cracking 600 pass attempts in, in 2018 again. This is a team that invested heavily in the offensive line, that invested heavily on the defensive side of the ball um, over the last three years. Not just last year, but over the last three years, they've really tried to mold this into um, a team that would protect Drew Brees and force him into, you know, not not forcing him into rather uh, all these tough, tough throws in exposing their franchise guy. Uh, to extra risk. So no, I mean, I, given his age, I just, I think we're going to see what we saw last year. A guy who probably throws around 550 pass attempts is extremely efficient uh, with those throws. 
But in terms of yardage and, 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 and touchdowns and all those things, I mean, I would anticipate 4,500 yards. I don't know, 35 touchdowns maybe at the at the absolute top end. I mean, that's but way last, top. Compared to last year, that's way yeah, on the top end. Yep. I mean, he had 23, 23 touchdowns last year. The only reason I'm giving him a slight bump – well, 35 is a big bump, but uh, and again, that's at the absolute maximum part of his range. But I think 30 touchdowns is probably realistic. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because, look, Ingram's going to be suspended for the first month of the season. They're going to have to rely on Drew Brees a little bit more. I know they want to utilize Alvin Kamara, but at the end of the day, Kamara's still the best in space. And to get him in space, you got to throw him the ball. So uh, that could translate to Drew Brees racking up some extra fancy points early on as well. All right. Uh, next, Drew Brees right now, by the way, um, ADP-wise, he is just near the bottom of the top 10. Um, sorry about that. Well, he's 10th, actually. Um, next guy, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, that's another one. He's, he's got the weapons, certainly. He threw 28 touchdowns last year. So, I mean, last year, he's, I've got him at 8th overall. And he's pretty durable still. You know, he'll miss a, he'll miss a few couple of games here and there. But but not anything, you know, you, uh, most, for the most part, he's been pretty durable. Um, ben Roethlisberger is being ranked 16th at quarterback, being drafted 16th. Is that, is that a fair value, or does that sound a little low to you? Um, I think <laughs> it's funny when we mention durable with Ben Roethlisberger, and you're right. He has not missed a ton of games. Um, but that being said, it's just it's, – it's always the injury reports, man. Like Ben yep. Roethlisberger – um, he reminds me a little bit of like Allen Iverson or Kobe Bryant, guys who, you know, played through injuries. But, man, I tell you, they're going to let you know that they're playing through injuries as well. Right. Um, they love playing up the injury card. And, and Ben Roethlisberger is part of that uh, as part of that deal. And I think the stress of that um, as a fantasy manager has worn on people. And quite frankly, I think it's worn out, worn out a lot of fantasy managers as well. But I mean, if you kind of look at a, a deep uh, quarterback class, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, being drafted as the quarterback 15 through 20 or whatever it might be, I think that sounds about right for him. And I know he's got a lot of weapons out there. Um, but being drafted as like, you know, as you mentioned, like a quarterback 18, let's just, let's just split the difference. I mean, certainly this is a guy that can outperform his ADP. There's no question about it. If you play 16 games, um, especially if you play in, in, in best ball leagues, this is a guy that I'd love to target because, quite frankly, he's going to have a few games where he just pops. I mean, there's going to be a three, four touchdown game um, from a week-to-week basis. But, yeah, I think he can absolutely be a top 10 finisher. Um, he has that within the range of outcomes, but – you know, again, the injury concerns and, you know, just kind of managing those those injury reports through through the weeks as well, I think, has worn people down. All right. And b- by the way, Big Ben's last seven games last year, touchdowns, two, four, four, two, 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 two. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I'll not too bad. Um, all right, the next guy. Now we're dropping down the ladder a little bit. Philip Rivers. Now, Philip Rivers is, last year he finished, let's see, Philip Phil Rivers finished seventh last year. 4,500 yards passing, 28 touchdowns, and every year, look, I, I am generally one, I play a lot of fantasy baseball too, and I'm generally one to, to I'd rather get off a year too early on a guy, you know? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, sometimes with the older guys, I go, you know what, let someone else take the risk. But Phillip Rivers, he just keeps putting up the numbers. I mean, the last five years, he's been between 
his low was 42.86 yardage, and his high was 47.93. And in those last five years, he's been between 28 and 33 touchdowns every single year. I mean, this, this yep. guy, I know they're trying to run Melvin Gordon more, and I know, at least, but, but Philip Rivers, if you look at the attempts, they're still holding pretty steady. He had that one year, 2015, where he threw a ton of passes, but generally, I mean, 575 passes, that's been about normal for him. And we kind of are dropping him down in the rankings right now. He's getting drafted number 17. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating to me because, you know, obviously this is a team that has been, you know, uh, ridden with bad luck, no doubt, from the injury perspective, whether it's Keenan Allen suffering some random, you know, gastrointestinal injury or whatever <laughs> it is, you know, Hunter Henry blowing out an ACL. Well, I, it, it, this is a team that has been hard struck with injuries for no, no doubt about it. But that being said, Philip Rivers, you want to talk about consistency, man. I mean, yeah, he's banged up, but you know, again, unlike Ben Roethlisberger, this is a guy that plays through injuries, but doesn't let anybody know uh, what his injuries are, how bad he's hurt, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. This guy takes brutal hits and is in there every single game. He has not missed a game in his career, mm-hmm. that is unbelievable. This is an Iron Man. So availability, being an ability uh, for Philip Rivers, I think is really, really important. You talk about the volume of passes that he's going to be throwing, 575 to 600 pass attempts, I think, every single year. So, yeah, this guy has been wildly consistent. Um, I think he's still extremely accurate with his balls. Uh, and, again, this is – forget about whatever – you know, Melvin Gordon, all these – it's fine, but this is still Philip Rivers' team. He's still the alpha on this offense, and for those reasons, I really like him. And and again, Keenan Allen coming back healthy. Mike Williams, I know that he was supposedly healthy, but remember, he was dealing with a pretty significant back injury to start the season. Can he get a full offseason under his belt, be fully healthy? I think he will. I think he's going to emerge. He's one of my favorite sleepers um, late in, in your typical redraft league right now. So, yeah, I think all the I think all the elements are there. Um, they have an improved offensive line. They're getting a little bit healthier. They added Mike Pouncey at center, which I think is a big deal. Um, yeah, this is a team that has all the ingredients certainly for Philip Rivers to vastly outperform his ADP right now. He can absolutely be a top 10 quarterback, and I fully expect him to do so. Yeah, and, and people have been talking, um, we've been doing these podcasts since the beginning of June, and a common theme, everybody, has been this year more than most years. We always suggest waiting on quarterbacks more than you do in your home league, but this right. year more than others, the quarterback pool seems very deep. A guy like Fivers, Rivers going off the board at you know QB 17 could, could provide you with top 10 value. He did last year. So yep. um, not not at, certainly far from out of the realm of possibility. All right. Next guy down at 21 on the quarterback list, Alex Smith. So last year, what happened to Alex Smith? Alex Smith was was captain check down for most of his career. Right. And last year he just let it go. It was it was like it was a different guy. And I wonder, you know, are we going to see the same guy or not? <laughs> Uh, I don't think so. Um, and, and the reason being is, look, I, I get that he was, you know, one of the best downfield throwers. If you look at all the advanced metrics, you know, his quarterback rating throwing deep downfield was one of the best in the NFL. Um, and he threw a lot of deep, deep attempts as well. I think it's a little bit of fool's gold because he's still the same guy um, in terms of 
what's his mental makeup? Well, the mental makeup is he's not going to throw into double coverage. He's not going to throw risky passes. Mm -hmm. Hell, he's not going to throw into tight single coverage. He's just not going to do that. And I think the film backs it up. And here's a stat for you, man. Again, we go back to next-gen stats, all right? They track separation. Um, Tyreek Hill, who was his favorite target downfield, as we know, literally had the best separation stats for any receiver who saw, you know, again, at least 75 targets, right? So Tyreek Hill averaging three and a half yards of separation at time of throw. I want you to think about that. <laughs> How ridiculously wide open is Tyreek Hill at the time of throw? Three and a half yards. That is unreal. That yeah. is an unreal amount of separation. And Alex Smith threw him the ball downfield when he was wide open. So you would hope that any starting quarterback of, of uh, that's any good would throw downfield when the guy's wide open. That's what we saw with Tyreek Hill, and I think that inflated his downfield numbers. Is he going to get that in Washington? I don't think so. Josh Doxson, on the other hand, was a guy that had some of the lowest uh, yards of separation at time of throw. Um, this is a guy that, again, just he loves the jump ball. Josh Doxson does, right? Right. That doesn't fit in. It just doesn't fit in with what uh, with what Alex Smith wants to get done. Paul Richardson, as a matter of fact, I think might be a better option if you're looking for a ridiculously free at the end of your draft uh, wide receiver option. I think he's a better route runner and and has pretty good speed as well. But no, I to to be honest with you, I don't think we're going to see a new Alex Smith. In 2018, I think we're going to see what we saw, you know, in years previous, a guy who checks down a lot um, and, and will, you know, settle for that safe throw and avoid turnovers at all costs. You know, your um, your former colleague, Matt Harmon, was on with me last year and he was the one selling. Basically, I was, I was going, you know, I know his data was the one he was pounding the table on Tyree Kill and I'm going, come on. <laughs> he's a gimmick guy, you know, he's, he's fast. We won't get over and look at, look what he did. So yeah, that was right. And, and you're right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm a Tyree kill is Heath peace. You know, he's proved me wrong. All right. One more quarterback. This one's way down. And I've had this conversation with a few people. Eli Manning is going at QB 29. Eli Manning was pretty bad last year. He didn't have a lot of help, but he's pretty bad. But the, the conversation I've been having here with people, and I want to see what you think of it. If you think Odell Beckham is wide receiver three, let, let, I, I'm not you specifically, but, but the rankings, let's say. Right. Odell Beckham is wide receiver three. Evan Engram is tight end four. Getting a lot of great buzz out of camp, by the way. Saquon Barkley is yeah. a terrific receiver. He's going to catch a bunch of passes out of the backfield. Sterling Shepard's a really solid guy across the field. And if all those guys perform well, Eli Manning has to be better than quarterback 29, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the last year was an ab abject disaster. I, I think part of what's, you know, being built into Eli being a quarterback 29 is we saw a dramatic reduction in arm strength over the last couple of years. Um, and I think injury concerns, I think, will also be an issue. Uh, I know he has been extraordinarily durable. We talk about Philip Rivers being durable. I mean, again, Philip, I mean, Eli Manning, he, yeah, he played 15 games last year, but that one game that he missed was not because of injury. It's just because he got benched um, for some inexplicable reason. But this is another guy 
that, you know, he has not missed a game since, you know, 2004, which was his rookie season. So, um, and I'd have to go back, but I don't even think he missed games because of injury. I just think he just, you know, I think that was the Kurt Warner year. Was, yep. Uh, if, if, if memory serves. So this is another guy that when he's available has played. That being said, I mean, at some point it's got to catch up, maybe, possibly. I mean, I think Eli will try to play through it, no doubt about it. Uh, but I think there's some injury concern. And again, it, the arm strength, man, we saw it with his brother Peyton, too, where his arm strength just went right into the tank uh, to end his career. And that's what we see from a lot of quarterbacks, too. The cliff is pretty severe and sudden. Um, so you're right. There's so much concern um, there regarding Eli. So you're right. How does that translate into Odell being a wide receiver, you know, three, which I do have him at. I've got A.B., Nuke and, and Odell right there. So, yeah, there, there's some concern there, but, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe Davis Webb steps forward, and I'm right. a Cal guy, and I don't really understand it, but maybe Davis Webb steps forward, um, and maybe that's something that we see on the back end of 2018 if Eli can't go. But, I, yeah, you're right. If he plays 16 games, he will most certainly not finish as the quarterback right. 29. There's just no way. All right, so, yeah, the, the danger with Eli's ranking, even with all those weapons, is that Eli is, in fact, you know, that we need to stick a fork in him and he's done. But I want to ask you, I want to yeah. follow up on one thing you just said. So um, I grew up a Giants fan, which is why this intrigues me. So Davis Webb, you're, you're not buying it. No, I don't, I don't understand why they invested the cap, uh, draft capital that they did in Davis Webb. And I know that he has gotten some pretty positive reports out of camp. Um, and the funniest thing, the absolute thing that just makes me cackle whenever, whenever I read these you know, positive training camp reports is how, quote unquote, mobile he is. That is just so far from what I saw <laughs> during his tenure. He was, I mean, to say statuesque would give statues more, you know, not enough mobility. Um, <laughs> this is a guy that was, and again, I love what he did for the program. Got a good arm, you know, but this guy's not mobile. Um, and I'm sure he's worked on that. I'm sure he's worked on that. He's a smart guy. So uh, for him to go back and work on that would obviously be the smart thing. And I'm sure that's what he did. But to say that he's going to be a mobile quarterback at the NFL level is just, I don't know, I, it just makes me laugh because there's just no chance in hell that's going to happen. <laughs> that being said, look, good downfield thrower. Um, I didn't really particularly see on tape, you know, great intermediate throws, but he's an okay deep down, down the field thrower, and he's aggressive too, which is nice. You know what I mean? So um, if you've got dead arm Eli, yeah, that's going to be an upgrade. I, I would think, but not going to be all that mobile. And, and in today's NFL, that's that's not good. You know what I mean? So right. um, I don't think and, – and, and look, I know Tom Brady's not, you know, quote-unquote mobile, but his awareness in the pocket is what makes him, you know, in my mind, a pretty mobile quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Right. Davis Webb, not that guy, man. Uh, I mean, at Cal, I'd just be watching him just and just being like, get get that ball out, get that ball out, get that ball out. And here comes that backside defender, get that ball out, get that ball out. And he just kept holding on to the damn ball, and I'm like, guy, get the ball out. And sure enough, strip sack fumble. And you're like, come on, man. It's just you're in there too long. You're in there way too long, and – and I think that lack of awareness um, in the pocket, I think, was something that is something that he also needs to work on uh, at the pro level. All right, Giant fans, if you want to have nightmares tonight, there you go. That, that, <laughs> just get that last minute and a half from James right there. All right, listen up, fantasy football fans. If you love fantasy football, then you need to be playing best ball, my favorite app, Draft. 
Uh, here's how it goes. It's season, you draft your team. It's season long. There's no management. You just set your team and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you'll get the best score every week guaranteed. You don't have to worry about injuries, last-minute benchings, none of it. You can draft a team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple of minutes. You can join, right, join one right now if you'd like. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash. Leagues start from just $3, so there's a league for everyone. And this year, they're, turning, they're running a $1 million best ball tournament. Just enter the best ball championship, draft the best team, and you could win a piece of a million dollars in prizes. There's no salary caps. You play in a real-life snake draft just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. So come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on Draft.com, whichever way you like. For a limited time, all new players get a free entry into a best ball draft when you make your first deposit. You have to use my promo code. The promo code, ready? It's WIRE. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using my promo code WIRE on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and come play for free with promo code WIRE. Thanks a lot, Draft. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, to our- by the way, can I, can I just say I'm, yes. I'm on Draft. Right. And, uh, and this is totally you know, non-sequitur or I guess it's related, but um, I, I, I'm playing on Draft in a best ball draft right now, and it's awesome. I really like their app. Their yeah. app is really clean and really smooth. Um, and so I know that's totally, you know, a, uh, you, you didn't ask me to say that or anything. <laughs> right. I, I just felt like I had to get it out there as like a fantasy football enthusiast. Like I'm using Draft, and I'm like, dude, this is pretty cool. So uh, it's not bad. Excellent. All right, there you go, everybody. There's another endorsement. So check out Draft and use promo code WIRE to get that game for free. Okay, running backs. You know, it's hard to find running backs. I'm going through the ADPs for running backs. I'm going, all right, we're going to use our theme of 30-plus, and there's just nobody there. It's other than Frank Gore. Well, not the only one, but it's a short list. It's, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's not short. surprising. We turn, it's, it's, it's testament to the people who don't like – I mean, I'm one of those people, you know, teams draft running backs early. Real teams, I kind of go, eh, I don't know, but – you know, because they, they have a short shelf life, or they seem to. So, so the first guy we got to talk about is LaShawn McCoy. So he's going at number 19. Now, there are potential off-the-field issues that LaShawn McCoy oh, yeah. might have to deal with, and they are a big worry. And if you are in, sitting here on August 2nd and drafting now, your worries in round four or five would be completely understandable. With that said, if do, do you buy into the idea with some teams – I know some people like to stick with guys on good teams, and it's a good and it's a good strategy generally. But I look at Lashawn McCoy and I go, "He's the only game in town. He's going to get the ball until until he just keels over and dies because there's no one else to give it to. If he plays and he's there all year, he's got to produce, doesn't he?" You would think so. I, I think Lashawn McCoy was a pretty good player last year, um, but I think we saw some signs of wear and tear. Uh, in his game and I don't know as you mentioned that offense in Buffalo it could be pretty bad Um, and as a matter of fact it could be really horrendous yeah (laughs) really 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 bad I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback I know they've got three of them Um, they drafted a guy in in Josh Allen that you know um, I wasn't fully enamored with as a prospect huge arm obviously accuracy concerns all over the place um tends to turn the ball over a little bit more uh than he should nathan peterman last year was an abject disaster um and then you know aj mccarron i guess is is there and again there's another guy though i'm just like uh, okay He's another dime a dozen, you know, type backup type quarterback, a guy that you would love to have on your team just as a backup, just in case. But 
if he's your starter, that's a problem. You know what I mean? So I don't know. The, the offense looks like it could be in trouble. Um, they lost one of their top offensive linemen in the offseason as well. Um, from the wide receiver room, Kelvin Benjamin's a guy that is okay, not great player, uh, but he's an he's a you know he's a, a good player, not a great player. But then there's nobody else. Right. There's nobody else to catch. So if we're talking about a guy that it, it, Lashawn McCoy that's going to be looking at stack boxes, and why the hell would you not stack the box against this team? Um, he was not very efficient last year, to be honest with you. Um, again, we go back to that yards gained after close measure, and this is a real great measure of when a defender gets. And by the way, I, I just want to explain um, these next gen stats. They're, um, you know, they have microchips embedded right. into the shoulder pads. Okay, so these are actual measurements. This is not, you know, me grading tape. This is not. You know, me saying, oh, well, uh, it, it looks like that defender's within one yard. And so now I'm just going to calculate yardage. No, this is this is literally calculated via microchip, you know, um, tracking. So um, so that's how this works. Yards gained after close. Again, when, when a defender closed to within one yard, LaShawn McCoy averaged 3.29 yards gained after close. As a point of reference, that's really not good. As a point of reference, that was wor- worse than DeMarco Murray last year. DeMarco Murray averaged 3.44 yards gained after close. It was worse than Thomas Rawls. It was worse than Samaj P. Ryan. It was worse than Christian McCaffrey. It was worse than Jamal Williams. Worse than Adrian Peterson. It just, this is not, LaShawn McCoy, I think, was was pretty good last year. Um, and you're, you're wondering, well, wait a second now. He, he had, you know, nearly, you know, four yards of carry. Where did that come from? Well, it came from his offensive line. His offensive line gave him great push up front, but the fact that they lost uh, their Cordy Glenn, their their terrific you know left tackle, you're going to see some regression there. You're going to see a big slide there. And I think Lashawn McCoy again, uh, while he was a workhorse last year, certainly 287 carries. I just think we saw some signs of wear and tear. There's going to be more stack boxes. It just doesn't add up for me and Lashawn McCoy this year. All right. Um, next up, Marshawn Lynch. Now, I was not on the Marshawn Lynch bandwagon before last year. You know, he's been off for essentially two years. He's older. I'm not buying it. And last year he came in at, what, 31. I just, I wasn't interested. And you know what? He wasn't bad. He finished at the number 18 running back. And right now, if you look at ADP, he is going down, let's see, where is Marshawn Lynch? 36th at running back. At that price, what do you think? Oh, my God. <laughs> I love Marshawn Lynch. Another cow uh, guy. <laughs> yes, although I, I always say this, man. It's like, look, I, look, the, your, your, your listeners obviously you know, listen to me talking about Davis Webb, so I, I am pretty realistic, I yep. think. Um, with guys that come from Cal, but um, just mostly because I've seen so many of their games, man. But um, in addition to all the other tape work that I do as well. But yeah, so it's just like, look, Marshawn Lynch, I love Marshawn Lynch. He's my favorite player. Um, so take this with a grain of salt because I do love me some Marshawn, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but again, back end of the season, he was one of the best running backs in, in all of football, in real life and in fantasy regardless of format. And I know a lot of folks say, ah, I'm not interested in Marshawn in, in, in PPR leagues. Listen, dude, in, in PPR, non-PPR, it didn't matter. 
Marshawn Lynch was a top 13 fantasy running back um, in the back end, the back half of 2017. This is a guy that was away from football for a long time, came back, had to find his sea legs, and when he did, he was rumbling, man. This is, a, this is you know, again, I, I, I love to go back to this yards gained after close stat, but for Marshawn Lynch, if you look at running backs who had at least 200 carries last year, okay, there were 18 running backs who had 200 uh, or more carries last year. He was the fourth best in the league in terms of yards gained after close. It was Kareem Hunt. It was Jordan Howard. It was Ezekiel Elliott. And tied with Ezekiel Elliott was Marshawn Lynch. Wow. Um, this is, and again, remember how bad he was the first seven weeks of the season. That really tells you how good he was in the back end of last year. So this guy was phenomenal. Now, John Gruden enters the fold. He's going to bring some more power concepts. They ran a lot of zone last year. They're going to run some more power concepts now uh, with the with an offensive line that you know saw some degradation last year, but is still overall pretty talented. Power run concepts, good offensive line. Marshawn Lynch developed or really emerged at the back end of last year. John Gruden probably wants to protect his defense a little bit by trying to run the ball, trying to burn some clock, play a little ball control. All of these ingredients, to me, tells me that Marshawn Lynch is an absolute steal with where he's going right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 0% worried about Doug Martin, and I'm all in on Marshawn Lynch given his current ADP. Yeah, the Doug Martin thing's weird because they're, they're talking – I feel like the word out of camp is that they're talking about using Doug Martin a lot. And I read that stuff and I go, Doug Martin's terrible. Why would they do that? <laughs> so, he was. He I don't was know. not good last year, man. All right, yeah. that's pretty much it for the running backs. We could talk about LeGarrette Blount, but I, nah, yeah, we're just going to skip him. I think that's Kerryon Johnson's and Theoretic's backfield pretty much, and Blunt might be a nuisance for a while. I, I, don't, I think Blunt is not worth our fantasy consideration because there's too many mouths to feed, and they would rather play the other two if they can. Blunt might be I, annoying. You, you yeah. disagree, certainly. I, I completely disagree. Okay. Um, I, I, I love LeGarrette Blunt in Detroit. Um, and the reason being is, look, they've got a new coaching staff, um, and Matt Patricia there now as a defensive guy being the head coach. Defensive guys love to run the ball, and they love to establish. Again, because it helps when you, when you burn a clock like this and, and establish ball control, um, it helps the defense kind of recharge their batteries, right? So they need to bring more balance uh, to this offense. And I know they got the same offensive coordinator in Jim Bob Cooter, but – you're crazy to think you're crazy if you don't think that Matt Patricia is going to have his thumbprint on that offensive side of the ball. I know he's going to entrust right. Jim Bob Cooter to to install an offense and and be the guy. But Matt Patricia, when they start talking about you know team philosophy, that's got to be part of it. I think Legarrette Blunt last year was wildly wildly underrated um, in Philadelphia. This is a guy that ran against some of the most stacked boxes in the NFL last year and still produced consistently. He was amazing in terms of yards gained after close. Um, he had 4.51 yards gained after close. This is over 173 carries. So, you know, that's a, a number that's in line with guys like Kareem Hunt. So he was incredible last year. And I think he will carry that into 2018 as well. I know they invested a high draft pick in carry on Johnson. I just don't think, I just don't think he's that dude. I like carry on Johnson from, you know, as an overall prospect, but 
I didn't see anything, you know, on tape last year that just was like, oh yeah, this guy's a stud. This guy absolutely needs to get, you know, 25 touches next. I just didn't, I just didn't see that. I think he's a high quality player, but I think LeGarrette Blunt's going to, going to get some hay. I think he's going to get some work and I think he's going to impress. That's what I think. I really think that he's going to impress. Um, and as the season carries on, I would, I really wouldn't be surprised if it's a 50, 50 split, uh, between him and carry on. That's kind of what I am projecting at least, um, going into 2018, that it's going to be a 50, 50 split and, and a lot of high, um, I think it'll be one of those, uh, high, you know, profile carries, mm-hmm. I think might go to LeGarrette Blunt as well. So that's just my thought. I don't know. And, and I get it if people are, are really hesitant about drafting uh, LeGarrette. But again, with where he's going, with where he's going, I, I, I don't mind it at all. All right. And, and RB64, everybody. So he's free, basically. Yeah. If you, if yeah. you believe, if you're into that argument, he's free. So, um, you know, that, there's a lot of upside there. Um, let's go wide receivers. So, you know what? We're going to skip 30 year old. Antonio Brown's technically 30. We're going to skip over him because there's no mystery there. Right. <laughs> he's an easy guy to talk about. Let's go to AJ Green. Um, AJ Green last year wound up at wide receiver seven. However, the, the, the stats were not, they were not the same. It was not your usual AJ Green. Um, two years ago, he got hurt a little bit. He missed a bunch of games but last year. Well, you know, the yards per catch were down a little bit and, you know, he played a full season. He only caught 75 passes and he was less than 1100 yards and, it, was, it wasn't your typical, even though the numbers wound up to be good at the end. You look at A.J. Green, you look at his age. Do, do you pause at this point to take him in round two? Uh, no. I, I mean, I think, you know, again, I, I don't know, necessarily know if, um, you know, age, <laughs> and maybe I'm just biased towards Larry Fitzgerald, but, I mean, I don't know if age necessarily impacts a wide receiver quite as badly um, as it does at the running back position. So he'll, he'll be a, you know, 30 years old going into, going into the season. Um, but you know, I, I just think, I think what we saw from AJ green was, um, yeah, it was, you know, obviously it was somewhat disappointing because, you know, he, he posted, you know, a thousand, almost 1100 yards and, and eight touchdowns. And I think it was really inconsistent too, if memory serves, um, with how he got there, there were games where he, I think he was pretty much just shut out, but mm-hmm. You know, the volume is nice, man. I mean, 143 targets last year, um, that's about in line with, with what he's seen in the past as well. So I would expect another 130-plus targets to go his way. And if you're looking for wide receiver, especially in the second round, I mean, volume is king, uh, especially for running for running backs and wide receivers and quarterbacks to a degree as well. But, um, but man, wide receivers, you're chasing those targets, and he's still the number one guy. Uh, I don't know if the offense for the Bengals has changed significantly, but, you know, overall, I think you're going to get this guy. I mean, a guy that's going to probably give you, you know, 1,100 yards, anywhere between seven to 10 touchdowns. That's pretty reliable, um, especially for, you know, uh, someone who you're getting in the probably middle to late part of the second round. I think he's pretty, I think he's a pretty stable product, honestly. All right. Um, With that said, Tyler Eifert makes things interesting, depending on if he's on the field. Because Tyler Eifert makes the red zone different if he plays. Now, we can't count on Tyler Eifert playing, but he makes the red zone different for that team. Indeed, he does. Uh, Although, what's the over-under on number of games he plays, man? Uh, Oh, five and a half? I don't know. Five and a half? I I mean, I'm guessing. That would be my over-under. I don't know what Vegas is. I think that sounds about right. 
right, so let's talk Fitz. You want to talk Fitz. The last, you know, three years ago, Fitz looked like he might be done. And we kind of thought, well, you know, we've seen the best of him and, you know, the, the stats aren't there anymore anyway. And, and that's it. In the last three years, he's been over, <laughs> he's, he's been over 100 receptions every year. Uh, over that time, he's got 21 touchdowns. He's been over 1,000 yards. I mean, the receiver, you know, he's, a, he, he's not a downfield receiver. You know, the yards per catch no. would be great. But he is, he's just still strong. Last year, in standard, he was wide receiver 12. And right now, he is being drafted at wide receiver I just lo- 22. So, uh, I mean, do you think we're going to see, with the coaching change there and the quarterback change there, what kind of production do you think we're going to see? You know what's really interesting is that um, the quarterbacks that they have, so Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen, the thing I like about both of those guys is that they are great um, intermediate throwers, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and that just pairs perfectly, just pairs perfectly with Larry, Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald's game. So um, I don't really expect too much of a drop-off. I, I know he's you know going to be 35 or whatever it is going to 2018, so you know there, there's some age concern, but man – He's had 109, 107, and 109 receptions over the last three years. That's that's bananas. The touchdowns are there too. It's nine, six, and six. So I don't, I'm just I don't know, man. I mean, with where he's going in drafts, as you mentioned, like going pretty late, considering how productive that he's been. Um, I, I kind of sort of like it, and I think Arizona's look. I think Arizona's offense is going to be you know probably a disaster next year. Um, you know, other than Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson, I don't, I mean, Christian Kirk is a guy that can get downfield, but a smaller slot type dude that is a deep, you know, a deep threat. I don't know, man. It's just, that's kind of a weird fit, honestly, in the NFL, but anyways, whatever. Bottom line is, I I think that the, the offense might be a little bit of a mess next year. That being said, one of the most consistent producers you're going to have is going to be Larry Fitzgerald. If, if he doesn't get to 90 receptions, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Um, and in PPR, that's that's money, man. So yeah. So like we're talking about a guy that's going to get you 90 receptions, probably a, another 1100 yards and six to eight touchdowns. Jeez, that's a bargain for where he's going right now. So yeah, sign me up for layer fits all day. Yeah. PPR just for context there, everybody, eight receivers were 90 or above in receptions last year. So you get 90 out of a guy because from a guy who, who had 109, 107 and 109 the last three years, 90, sounds like a pretty reasonable proposition and that would put him in the top eight in receptions okay next guy man this guy drew the short end of the quarterback stick last year Demarius Thomas Demarius Thomas he's 30 now and maybe maybe there is some skills to climb he had those four huge Peyton Manning years yeah 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 and then you know the last two years the numbers have dropped off you know the yards per catch have dropped off the production overall has dropped off and last year you know you look and you go you almost want to give the guy a mulligan because of the quarterback play on that team. Now the quarterback play should improve, and I still think we all undersell Case Keenum and how good he was last year. Um, what do you think we see from Demarius Thomas, who was a guy last year, was wide receiver 23. He's being drafted at wide receiver 25. Do you think that value sounds fair, or might we get a little more? you think maybe he has a little more in the tank? I actually am extremely worried about okay. Demarius Thomas. Um, I liked Case Keenum a little bit last year. I didn't, I didn't love him. I mean, I think they, I think Minnesota used him perfectly. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I really do. I think they really tailored their game plan, um, to match his skill set, which was great. 
this guy, Case Keenum is still somebody that, um, you know, makes questionable decisions. I think he's a little bit more of a gambler than he should be. He doesn't have a huge arm. He's got an okay arm, but man, he, he really likes to uh, threaten downfield, which is nice. Uh, but it works a hell of a lot easier when you've got Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. I think we've seen some degradation from Demarius Thomas. Injuries, injuries, injuries. They've really started to pile up. And the type of injuries that he's getting, too, hip injuries, that really worries me. Um, um, you know, for, for a wide receiver, you've really got to sink into those hips to get hard cuts. And those hip injuries, to me, have been lingering for the last few years now for Demarius. So, yeah, part of what made him great was that he was just a, such an unbelievable athletic freak. Um, last year, you know, he had um, uh, the lowest receptions that he's had in a long time since since uh, 2011. He had 83 catches for 949 yards and five touchdowns. Did play all 16 games, but I think he was hampered by injuries through a lot of them. And there was many, many injury reports seemingly every single week for Demarius. So. I kind of sort of have my concerns. Um, I think it has less to do with age and just more to do with the fact that he has had those injuries piled up. And man, let me tell you, Cortland Sutton, he's going to push him. Cortland Sutton and, and he are basically, I mean, they're basically clones. Yeah. I mean, they play a very similar style, similar brand of football. And Cortland Sutton, all the reports out of camp have been phenomenal uh, regarding Cortland Sutton. So, I just wonder if some of his snap share might be reduced. I wonder if they might, you know, try to utilize Cortland Sutton a little bit more. Um, I mean, in three wide receiver sets, I mean, I guess you could have Cortland as a flanker and, you know, Emmanuel as your slot guy and then keep Demarius at the X. But even if that's the case, I mean, if one guy's being more open, you would imagine Case is going to try to throw that guy. Maybe that is Cortland Sutton this year. So I, I just – I've, I've got my concerns, man. I, I don't think he gets to 1,100 yards this year. I think he'll be another solid contributor, probably another, you know, 75 catches, 1,000 yards. You know, he, he's been a terrific touchdown maker his entire career. But, you know, 6, 5, and 5 over the last three years, I think that's about right. I think okay. that's what you should expect um, for, for Demarius Thomas. So do you like – I mean – does that I don't know if that excites anybody, right? Seventy catches, thousand yards, five, six touchdowns. It doesn't do anything for me. It it does it's not you know what though? It's not exciting, but in keeping with the theme of where we started here, <laughs> you know point. what? It's in the in the sixth round? Good point. I don't point. know. I mean I could live with it. That's what, that if that's the type of production you can get, you know, maybe maybe don't get greedy and say, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm going to draft Marquise Goodwin instead because that guy's going to blow up in San Francisco. Yeah. But I, I totally hear what you're saying, but I think the downside risk scares me off a little bit. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's totally fair to assume 75 catches, 1,000 yards, 6 touchdowns. I think that's t- a totally fair projection for Demarius. Unfortunately, I think it also comes with more downside risk than I'm willing to invest in Got it. Um, in the sixth round. That's just my thought, though. Okay. Um, I mentioned San Francisco. I want to quickly mention one more wide receiver. Uh, Pierre Garcon goes goes back with uh, the guy he had the most success with in Kyle Shanahan. Um, he was there last year, but got hurt, didn't play a ton. Uh, and I keep looking at the 49ers. And I keep saying I'm not big on Garoppolo. 
because I don't like the weapons, but someone's got to someone's got to produce. Is Pierre Garcon the guy? Um, I don't think it's Pierre Garcon. I, I I don't know for whatever reason the the fantasy community wants to force Pierre Garcon on me. I just always I don't know. I, <laughs> it's true. They always, I mean, they like you know. Oh, he's tough and he's a pro and he blocks well and and you know, man, I love that guy. Hey, I love the guy too. Uh, fantasy wise, I don't know that I love the guy. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I'm not a. Um, I think he was. I think he was a serviceable wide receiver. I think he was pretty. I think he was okay. Um, but I mean, if you look at even over his career, what are we talking about here? I mean, he's broken a thousand yards twice right. in his 10 year career. This is not somebody that has consistently done it. I mean, and that's the crazy thing. He's never had double digit touchdowns. As a matter of fact, his his highest his high water mark for touchdowns is six. So I don't understand what we're getting here with, with Pierre Garcon. Plus, he's a little bit longer in the tooth. He's going to be 32 years old next year. Um, what do we really – I don't I – just, I'm just baffled by it. I just don't know. I, I, don't, I really don't understand um, the hype surrounding Pierre Garcon because even, even in his most productive years, right? Like let's go back – Let's go back to 2016 when he was with Washington, okay? He saw 114 targets, got 79 catches for 1,041 yards and three touchdowns. That was one of his most productive seasons. Other than that, he had one, you know, one year uh, in 2013 in Washington where he had 113 receptions, which is huge, um, 1,300 yards, and again, five touchdowns. And that was on 181 targets. That is insanity. That's He's not going to see that level uh, of target share this year. It's just not going to happen. You know, it, it's interesting. You know you, you know, you say you don't love the weapons. I don't love the weapons either, but I thought Marquise Goodwin really took a step forward yep. as a professional player last year. I really like the, the variety of routes that he ran um, and, and the anticipation – that he had with him and, and Jimmy G was, was pretty special. I think, you know, Trent Taylor is, is somebody that um, I think was underappreciated last year. I think he's a, an extremely good, reliable possession receiver. Um, and he's shown that over his collegiate career as well. I think he went to Louisiana tech, but, um, and he was extremely productive in college. I think he showed those skills last year as a rookie as well. It's a team that, is not going to threaten downfield very, very often because they just don't have that guy. Marquis Goodwin does have the speed, but I really feel like his best attribute is actually when he runs that, you know, 15 yard dig or, or 15 yard out, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. where he, th- where he's able to utilize his speed, not necessarily super deep downfield, but a nice intermediate throw anticipation, um, and, and good velocity with Jimmy G on his passes. So that's kind of where I, I see him thriving, but yeah, overall, I think the offense should be able to move the ball, but Pierre Garcon to me is somebody in fantasy that I just, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I see better upside plays than Pierre and, uh, I'm just not interested. That, that's fine. I think I, I mean, yeah, definitely more upside if he, yeah, I, I think he's sort of the, you know, maybe the safety valve, whatever that turns into me. But actually one, one comment I want to revisit from yesterday. Uh, again, I mentioned everybody that Scott Pianowski was with me and, and we talk about the weapons, and people are lamenting the Bills' weapons. We did it earlier um, when we talked about Deshaun McCoy. And, right. and Scott said to me yesterday, wow, imagine if they had a group of receivers like Sammy Watkins, Marquise Goodwin, Chris Hogan, and Robert Woods. <laughs> that would be okay. That'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, out of new fantasy football's next level fantasy football challenge you've been looking for. Experience a year-round dynasty competition with deep rosters, 
accumulate college player prospects to lead your team in the future or to move for a superstar at the trade deadline. Out of new fantasy football, again, as I remind, I have cheap from last year, Jarek McKinnon, Darius Geis, so I'm ready to roll. Out of new fantasy football never sleeps with year-round trades and off-season arbitration. Learn more about why everyone who plays out becomes addicted at outofnewfootball.com. That's O-T-T-O-N-E-U. Out new, better fantasy football. All right, let's quickly go through the tight ends. I want to keep you too long. Are you in the camp of... Jimmy Graham is a godsend to Aaron Rodgers, or are you in the camp that I've heard from some people as well of, every, yeah, we hear every year that some tight end's going to do awesome with Aaron Rodgers, and it never happens. I know, man. And to be 100% clear, I was so hyped on Martellus Bennett last year. I mean, <laughs> I wrote an entire probably like, you know, 1,500 words, you know, hype article on NFL.com on, on Martellus, Bryant and how, or Martellus uh, Bennett and how excited I was to see him there. And obviously he did nothing. But, um, but yeah, so that being said, I, I look at the skill set for Jimmy Graham. He's a timing-based, you know, good route-running tight end option. Well, the reason it kind of sort of didn't work in Seattle is, you know, that precision route-running timing-based, you know, offense, that, that's not Seattle. Nope. Um, I, I love, you know, and everyone does. I love Russell Wilson as a football player, um, but that's not his skill set. His skill set is, you know, improvising and ad libbing and, and, you know, trying to get guys open in like a backyard football style scramble drill. That's not really Jimmy Graham, man. So, um, but now he goes back into a system that is based on, you know, precision route running and timing. I mean, come on. Is there any? Is there a better quarterback at timing than than, than Aaron Rodgers? You know what I mean. So maybe Drew Brees. Maybe Drew Brees. But right. but it, it it should be telling that Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Grant. You know what I'm saying. So um, I think it's a great fit. It's a great pairing. How much will they utilize him? I think will probably be the question because I think he has been exposed. Um, as a run blocking tight end, I think he gave a little bit more effort than he has in previous years, uh, last year, but still overall, not a great run blocking tight end. If they want to establish the run and Mike McCarthy seems, I don't know, for whatever reason, determined to do so. Um, I don't know how much he'll be on the field. So that being said, when he's out there, you know, he's probably going to be getting some looks, man. Right. So, um, I, I don't know where his ADP is cause it, it varies wildly just depending on the league because Jimmy Graham's a name player playing for a name team. He tends to go guys like that tend to go a lot higher uh, than they probably should. Julian Edelman, great example, name player, name team. I have no idea why the hell he goes as high as he does. Right. Um, Now Graham Graham, is going as I'm looking tight end five, probably in round six. Yeah. And the problem with ADPs with Jimmy Graham is that if you look at the variance for it too, Mm -hmm. they're all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Some guys are taking them in the fourth round. Some guys are taking them in the eighth round. It's just, it's wild. Um, and tight end is one of those positions too, where a lot of people like, ah, screw it. I'm waiting. You know what I mean? So, um, he can fall a lot, but he could also be a guy where somebody's like, Oh man, I love Jimmy Graham. I'm just going to go grab him right now. You know? Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to kind of determine where he's going to go. But overall, if we're looking at stat projections, Jimmy Graham to me, I think is, is a guy that could potentially, I mean, look, he had double digit touchdowns last year. Why can't he get that again in 2018? So, and at the tight end position, that's all you really want, right? Is right. guys that consistently score touchdowns. So I think his value is pretty fair. Um, I don't want to get crazy on, you know, Packers tight ends like I did last year because I'm I'm a little shook from that. But um but yeah, look, Aaron Rodgers, we think, we hope, we crossing our fingers here, we'll play sixteen games and be healthy. 
although I do have some serious concerns regarding the, the, the collarbone. Um, but yeah, if he, if, if Aaron Rodgers plays and if Jimmy Graham plays, there's no question in my mind, Jimmy Graham will finish his top five tight end. All right. Next up on the ADP list as well, Greg Olson. So the three years prior to last year, he averaged about 80 catches and 1,060 yards. Tremendous production from a tight end. Yep. Um, now, so last year he missed a bunch of the year because he was hurt. Now there's more weapons because last year, now he's, you've got Christian McCaffrey. He was there last year. He catches a bunch of passes. They drafted DJ Moore in the first round. Um, they, they, there seems to be more, there are more mouths to feed in the Carolina offense. I'm looking at Greg Olson at age 33, getting drafted as tight end six, and I'm going, nah. Yeah, no. I, I want no piece of that. Um, mostly because, and again, look, I, I think he's a future Hall of Famer. I, I really, really uh, have been impressed by his professionalism and just how damn productive he's been mm-hmm. uh, over his career as well. I mean, prior to last season, three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, that's that's unreal, man. Um, and again, he's just been so reliable. His catch rate has always been really, really good. So um, I, he's just been a, a great player for Carolina. Okay. Now that being said, what I absolutely hate is when a uh, when a guy has one foot out the door and then decides to come back. <laughs> there was a lot of reports of Greg Olson, you know, potentially retiring, entering the broadcast booth, and then had to be convinced to come back. That's not good to me, man. Um, so, and again, you know, our injuries catching up. I don't know. Could be. He's been so rugged, so durable. I mean, he played 16 games for a one, two, three, four, five, six, five consecutive years um, and barely missed time, you know, previously in his career as well. But could be catching up, as you mentioned, 33 years old, going to 2018. But as the tight end six in fantasy, nah, I, I think I'll pass. I mean, I mean, you know, and again, if you're not getting one of those elite guys, and it's you know it's debatable as to whether or not you you put Jimmy Graham in that elite territory, but you know we're talking Gronk, Kelsey, I, I guess to a degree Zach Ertz, although I'm not convinced there either. But yeah, Zach Ertz was your tight end one last year, so yeah, whatever, we'll put him in that conversation. And Jimmy Graham, okay, so now if you don't get those guys, I probably am just waiting. I mean. I don't know. Like, I'm not spending an eighth or ninth round pick on Greg Olson. It just, to me, it just doesn't make sense. All right. Last guy I want to talk about. He's also still being ranked as a top 10 guy and was the tight end six last year, Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker will be 34 years old in a week and a half. He has arguably, not arguably, he has been Marcus Mariota's favorite target to date. But now we have a different kind of offense moving in. You know, you got a new offensive coordinator, new head coach. Um, the offense coordinators, the you know the big deal here that people are making a big deal out of. Also, you've got some receivers that look like they're going to step up, some young ones, especially Corey Davis. Um, Delaney Walker last year, 111 targets, 74 for 807 and three touchdowns. What kind of year do you think we're going to see from him? Is he going to warrant his draft position at tight end eight? Um, I think he will be. A, I think he'll be a top ten tight end. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're mentioning Matt Lafleur, who most recently was you know an offense coordinator for the for the Rams, and so. You know, when you've got that pedigree, when you're like, oh, man, Sean McVay and the boys there uh, for the Rams, they really opened it up. They look so creative and, and were just so dynamic offensively. So, yeah, anytime you get, um, you know, a, a coach from that tree, you're going to get excited about it. And it sounds like, you know, Mike Vrabel is, is just is going to do what they did with the Rams, except in reverse, where he's just going to focus on the defense. Matt LaFleur is just going to focus on the offense and there will be off and running. 
Um, so yeah, you would imagine they're going to open it up more. Look, forget about the coaching change. The bottom line is they don't have, you know, um, DeMarco Murray and his, you know, it seemed like they gave him the ball 40 times a game. I I get so riled up thinking about DeMarco Murray getting the ball over and over and over again. When Derrick Henry is back there, just give him, just give this man the ball. Right. Um, I just get so, I get so riled up, uh, thinking about that. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I just did that. That's so embarrassing. Um, but, <laughs> uh, you would think that they're going to open it up. DeMarco Murray's not there to, to be a lead weight on, on the offense. Um, and yeah, Marcus Mariota, you're right, has shown a proclivity to throw to Delaney Walker. I don't see that changing. I mean, I think the efficiency wasn't nearly as good last year for Delaney as it was in years past. But, um, if you're drafting him as a low end top 10, you know, tight end, Hundred percent. Yeah, that, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, when we talk about guys that are aging but could be pretty consistent contributors, I think this is a guy that um, you should absolutely circle in your drafts. All right, folks, listeners to this podcast, get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that. So you can check out nearly all the features on our site. Go do it right now, rotowire.com slash pod. James, thanks for doing this, man. This was a lot of fun. Where can people find your stuff? Uh, just find me on Twitter uh, for right now. I, I do have some things that I'll probably be announcing in, in the next couple of days, uh, and I'm really, really excited uh, about my next venture and next opportunity. But nothing official quite as of yet. But follow me online. Um, I, you know, I'll still keep up with a lot of fantasy football here. So at uh, James D Co, uh, you could find me on Twitter. Hit me up anytime. I am I'm religious about getting back to people uh, in my mentions about fantasy advice. So. Um, so yeah, just follow me there and, and, and hit me up and I'll, I'll do my best to answer your questions. And again, Giants fans, if you want to yell at him about Davis Webb, <laughs> that's at, at James D co on Twitter, <laughs> Go yeah, check it out. Exactly. <laughs> um, folks, if you like the podcast, please leave us a review and a rating wherever you're listening. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire fantasy football podcast sponsored by draft.com. We'll be back on Friday with another episode. So please come on back then. That'll be day one of the, after the start of the Lamar Jackson era in the NFL. So it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be BL and AL after tonight's game. We're, I'm recording this. We're talking at four 30 ish Eastern on Thursday night. I can't wait to watch Lamar Jackson. So I'm fired up everybody. So hopefully we'll have some good news to report um, after the game on Friday. So uh, come on back then for James Cole and John Halpin. See you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.